Are you ready to learn the business skills you need to accelerate your career? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business is now offering its highly ranked working professional MBA entirely online. Whether you choose to attend on campus, online, or a mix of both, you're in control, balancing the demands on your busy schedule. Don't wait. Start your personalized MBA journey this fall. Visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA to learn more and apply. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. Find the hope and 
joining us, SOAR International Outreach Network. I am Lady Apostle. May God bless you. And I know you're having a glorious, glorious hallelujah morning. Just as I am, I am just ready. Amen. I'm talking about not just ready for today, but 2022 will be here. I know like around the corner, just like Christmas have come and gone, 2022 will be here as well. And I am ready for the unknown. I am ready for whatever the cost of the bloodline, which is the price of Christ will cost me. Amen. So we are honored on this morning. First of all, today is the day that the Lord has made. And we are rejoicing and being glad therein. I said today is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm talking about today, Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we are rejoicing and being glad therein on this morning. Amen. So we don't take it for granted on what God has done. We don't take it for granted on what he is doing. And we definitely don't take it for granted that he woke us up. Amen. And glory to his name. Amen. So I just want like to just come on this morning. First of all, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Decrease me that you may increase the word that you will put into my spirit on this morning for your people. We thank you for this Logos Rama word on this morning. Open up their hearts, open up their hearing, open up their spirits so that they, they will receive, that they will be changed, and that, God, you will continue to work things out in their life. You will continue to allow them to move according to your will, and that their spirit, oh, God, will open up to the Holy Spirit to obey and be obedient to where you will take them. And I thank you for this word falling on good ground in Jesus' name. Amen and glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Okay, we thank God. Amen. So today, I just wanted to touch a little bit because I know a lot of things have been going on, but I need to tell you something. There is a cost. There is a cost. There is a cost that we must pay. You know, Jesus already paid the price, but there is a cost to where we are going. And that cost is no money. The cost is nothing tangible, nothing of no commodity. But the cost is our obedience. The cost is our sacrifice. The cost is are we willing to die out to ourselves. The cost is meaning losing you, everything about you. And walking in the spirit of the living God. So on today, let's talk about the cost of the bloodline, which is the price of Christ. Yeah, there's a cost that deals with our bloodline. Oh yeah. Now, now let me help you. And then I'm going to not only give you a little bit of application, which is God's word. But I'm going to give you also some revelation of God's word. And then he's going to break down the mysteries of his word. So that you can get an understanding of his word. To know that the cost that I'm about to talk about that deals with our bloodline is for the price of Christ. See, in order to walk with Christ, there's a price. In order to walk with Christ... You're going to have to lose yourself. In order to walk with Christ, you're going to have to lose everything. Because one thing about Christ is that when you decide to walk with him, you have gained everything. Because he is everything. But see, if you don't understand that he's everything, then you will continue to hold on to those somethings, which are nothing. Come on now. So the cause... In our bloodline cost us something. Let me help you. Let's go over to the book of Mark chapter 10. I'm going to be going through a couple different scriptures so that we can lay foundation so that you can understand what God is saying on this morning. Amen. Because at the end of the day, we must dig deep in this word that we're about to minister to. We need to understand and make sure that we keep it in the right context of what the Spirit of God is telling us. Because see, when Jesus began to teach the disciples, amen, he didn't just teach them for them just to have knowledge. But he taught them because he wanted them to not only be good students, but he also wanted them to be what? Great teachers. See, in order for Jesus to help them to become great teachers, they had to first be students that were willing to think. Students that were willing to learn. Students that were really uh, ready to take any chance or any cost to become the great leader that he wanted them to become. So when we look at the word of God in the book of Mark chapter 10, amen. First, let's go to the book of Luke chapter 14 and 26. Let's start there first. And then we'll travel over to the book of Mark because we got about 
20 minutes in the word of God and he's about to do what he's do best. Amen. You know, it don't take all day just to hear what God got to say. If we're right there in the um, in, in the vein of God, God speaks at all times and he speaks swiftly. Amen. When it's from God, the Holy Spirit. It takes long when we're in our own flesh. But when it's the Holy Spirit, he begins to speak huh, suddenly. So let's go to verse 26. It says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple. Oh, my God. Now, that's deep right there. Now, you're telling me that God said for us to hate our mother, our father, our wife, our children, our brother and sister. Yes. But hold on. Let's not take this word hate out of context. Because he's not literally telling you to have a spirit of hate. But what he's saying, because see, you got to remember in the Bible also in Proverbs, he says to what? To honor your mother and your father. So that would be very contradictory if that would mean to hate your mother and father, right? So he's not telling you to have this type of hate. But what he, he's saying is that I don't need you to lift them up higher than me. Because see, when you go further down here, it says... And whatever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. See, that means that you have to lose everybody, everything, in order to become his disciple. Amen? So, he's talking about self-denial. He's talking about surrendering, surrendering all. Meaning that if he's telling you to do something... Or if he's telling you to go somewhere, you he's not telling you to ask your mama or ask your father or ask your wife, your husband. Now, you sit down and you discuss with them, but he gives you a direction and an assignment and it's from the Holy Spirit. That's key. Because a lot of times we say, God said this and God ain't said nothing. See? So at the end of the day, see, he's not telling us to hate our family. Because Jesus is love. But what he's saying is you must hate the things of if they are not walking by him. If they are not in him. So how Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. How could you listen to people that are not in him? So at the end of the day, he's saying that I need for you to not put all your hope and your trust in your biological 
people, your family. Now, I'm not saying that he is saying to hate them in a way of hate. No, because God is not a spirit, don't have a spirit of hate, but of love. But a lot of times we put everything else before God. We say, well, my mama told me I got to do this. And my father told me I got to do this. And my husband and my wife and my children told me I got to do this. But God said, wait a minute, there is a cost. You know, there is a cross that we all have to bear. There is a cost. There is a cause that we must, come on, we, it must, we must take. Because at the end of the day, in order for us to be willing to walk with Christ, we must be willing to what? Give up everything. We must be willing to follow his requirements. Because we could never be so committed and faithful if we do not follow his requirements. Now, the thing is this. Maybe some of our parents are not following his requirements. So in other words, this scripture is saying that you must hate their ways and not follow after them, but follow after me. So if your parents are saying, you know what, I don't believe in that Jesus. I don't believe in that God. He's saying, you know what, you got to do away with them. You can still love them, but you cannot follow them because I need you to follow me at all costs. So that means that even if you have to leave your father's house, because remember in the book of Genesis, when he told Abraham to leave his father's house, to leave his kindred, to leave everything that he worked hard for. And now Abraham is looking and saying, well, this is my everything. This is my livelihood. This is my bloodline. This is my inheritance. This is what they left me, and I must continue to keep it going. Which, there's nothing wrong with a legacy that's being left for the children or for the family. But long if that legacy is in the line of walking with Christ. I know a great man that could have took kingship, but he said no, because it's not in the Christ guidelines for me to follow. So that means that if I have to leave my father's throne and leave everything behind and my family would hate me, then guess what? I'm willing to take that cost. I'm willing to walk that walk. Sometimes you're going to be hated by even your loved ones. I'm helping somebody. Because, yes, we love our mother. We love our father. We love our children. We love our husbands, our wives. We love our families. But at the end of the day, we must be willing to give up everything for Jesus. We must be willing to follow him at every cost. Even in ministry, leaders, we must be willing to leave those that are not ready to go after sinners. We must leave those that are not ready. Come on now, because even though we are leading the kingdom of God, leaders in the kingdom of God, we are saying we want people to be saved. But when sinners come into our midst, we are so judgmental. We're so condemning. We're looking them up and down. We're looking them all around. 
We're on the internet researching them. We're on the internet looking up things about them. But at the end of the day, did Jesus do that? No, he received them. Matter of fact, he sat among them. He went, the tax, come on collector, that was not always honest, come on. The tax collector that probably was doing dirty deeds behind the people's back. But Jesus, he went and sat with them. Glory to God. He did not keep himself from sinners. He actually went to them. He didn't just wait for people to come into the synagogue because he was not in the synagogue. Only time Jesus was in the synagogue is when the Pharisees and the Pharisees always tried to question him about what he was doing. So at the end of the day, his goals was sinners. He needed to make sure that he went out to be able to evangelize the sinner. Those that know Christ, but was doing everything out of the will of Christ. So that's what we need to do. We need to also go out and look for sinners. Now, you may say, well, you know, I'm not a sinner. Well, let me help you. You know, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have fallen short of God's glory. But at the end of the day, we must understand that we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of God's glory. And the Bible reminds us that we're all sinners. And only by the grace of God, he's given us the ability to walk it out with grace and mercy. So in order for us to be willing to give up everything for Jesus, that means that we're going to have to lose somebody. We're going to have to lose some people. We're going to have to lose ourselves. So you may not be included in that clique. Because even though they may look like Christ, they may not be of the things of Christ. So that's why you're not included because you are of Christ. You are of the things of Christ. So they say birds together, what? Flock together. So the reason why you ain't flocking together is because you're not of them. Because they're not of Christ. So that's why you're not accepted. And that's okay. And we all want to be close to our loved ones. We all want to make sure that we got good relationships with our family. And yes, that is good. But if they're not walking according to the will of God, you have to let go and let God bring them into the fold. You just keep living and being that example and being Christ-like so that they can see the light that's in you. You continue to allow the light to shine in you and through you so that Christ can begin to evangelize those that are lost. Those that are in dark places. But a lot of times we be willing to compromise just for us to be in contact and in, 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 in relations with our families. You must not compromise just for your family to love you. You have to either walk the walk or get out of it. Because you can't have one foot in and one foot out. Either you in or you out. And for me and my house, we in. 
So I'm not going to compromise my value. I'm not condemning nobody for what they do. But I've been delivered from alcohol. So therefore, just because you drink alcohol don't mean that I'm going to condemn you. I'm going to pray that God deliver you. But for me in my house, in my house, yes, I want you to come over. Yes, I want you to be part of this celebration. But I will not serve alcohol just for you to come. Because that's what you like. You have to respect that's not what I'm of. I'm of just bringing my family together for us to have a good time. Now, if I have to change my values and change who I am in order for you to come, then maybe it's best that you don't come. Because now if I'm in your house and that's what you do, then that's you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm just going to keep praying for you. But that don't mean that I may not come. Now, I may come through just to say, hey, how you doing? I love y'all to show my presence because I know in my presence, there is a light. I know in my presence, God is with me. I know in my presence that God is a deliverer. I know in my presence that if I come in love, that the light of God that's in me can reconcile the darkness that's in you. So I'm going to show up and shake up the devil's camp. That's right. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to come because there's going to be some drinking. Hallelujah. But I know that I'm not going to indulge in that because that's not who I am anymore. But at the end of the day, we must not compromise just for our families to love us. Just for our children to be with us. You have, come on. It's a way that you have raised your children. There is morals. Hallelujah. The morals, amen, in our children, hallelujah, is what how we raise them. Now, at the end of the day, we taught them to say, yes, ma'am. No, sir. Thank you. Welcome. Open the door for people. Close the door. Be a help to those that are in need. Now, because the Bible has come to reality when it said that fathers would be against sons and sons against fathers, mothers against daughters and daughters against mothers. Come on. It said all these things shall happen. So why are we so surprised? The Bible have let us know these things. Amen. It says that Father and mother are treated with contempt in you and is throwing yourself as exhaustion in your midst. And the fatherless and the widows are wronging you. Then it says, put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. From the son treats the father with what? Contempt. The daughter rises up against what? Her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemy are the men of his own house. So all these things have been written. All these things is what has been said that are to be. So at the end of the day, why are we so shocked 
when, when, when daughters rise up against mothers. When fathers, when son treats the father with contempt. When a man's enemy is in his own house. Sometimes you have husbands and wives that are enemy of one another. Laying in the same bed with one another. Fathers that hate their sons-in-law. Come on. All of this is written. All of this is in the word. All of this is what is said to be. So at the end of the day, listen, we put no trust in neighbor. We have no confidence in a friend. We guard the doors of our mouth from her lies and her own. Amen. So if anyone, now listen to this. It says, now if anyone again prophesy, his father and mother who bore him would say to him, you should not live for you speak lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who bore him shall pierce him through when he prophesies. See, brothers will deliver brothers over to death. And the father of his child will rise up against him. So what are we talking about? We're talking about how fathers, sons are against fathers, daughters are against mothers. Now, what else I'm saying? I'm saying the cost of the bloodline. The cost of the bloodline is the price of Christ. The cost of the bloodline means that at any cost, just because my mama say I'm not coming to church, that don't mean you don't come. You have to come even if your mama don't come. You got to go serve Christ even if your mama don't serve him. Even if your daddy don't serve him. You still have to serve Christ. If God tells you to go and do whatever, whatever, and your mama tell you don't do it, hey, if God told you to do it, you better do it. There is a cost in serving Christ. See, why am I right here? Because a lot of us get very discouraged when our families treat us a certain way. We all want to be loved by our loved ones. We all want our loved ones to be a part of something. Let me help you. Most of the time when you're doing the things of God, if your loved ones are not saved, if your loved ones are not in Christ, it's not that they don't love you. It is because they are bound. They are bound because the enemy is trying to keep them, first of all, from receiving salvation. He is trying to keep them from receiving the glorious light that they will receive through Christ. So he knows that if he can stop them, he can definitely distract you. See, he can't stop you, but he can distract you if you're not focused. Because your mind is on your family. Your mind is saying, well, if my family don't come, I can't progress. If my family don't come, it won't work out. But don't you know, it's always those that are in Christ that will be there for you when your family don't. So we always look for our family to be there. But if they're not in Christ or walking or saved, 
they're not going to be for you. And you cannot be mad. You have to keep praying for their salvation. But you can't put so much energy into that. You have to pray and pray and trust God to bring them in. But you must focus on those that God has brought in your life. And guess what? Most of the time, they're not in your bloodline. Most of the time, they're not your family. Most of the time, they don't look like you. Most of the time, they don't talk like you. But these are who, this is who God brought in your life to help you. So we got to get away from always just expecting those that we know. And even, let me help somebody, those that we helped. Can I help you? Nine times out of ten, it's not going to be those that's going to come back and help you. Matter of fact, they're not going to even come back and thank you. But you cannot be offended. Remember, when they hung Jesus next to the robber and the thief, what did they say? Crucify him. The same ones that he fed. The same ones that he brought deliverance. The same ones that he set free. It's the same ones that said what? Crucify him. Meaning kill him. The same Jesus that gave them life. The same Jesus that raised them from the dead. The same Jesus that healed them. It's the same ones that said crucify him. If you're in him and here in you, don't you know they're going to say crucify you? But it is better for you to be crucified for Christ. Because guess what? At the very end, there is something that is so glorious. There is a crown. A crown that no man can give you. A crown that is eternal. A crown that brings life. A crown that gives you everything. So at the end of the day, do not allow family to take you off course. Why am I bringing this? Because in 2022, the Lord began, he confirmed it. Through somebody that called me, out, God had already was showing me different things. And even though he was showing me different things, believe it or not, I was going through certain things with a family member. And it is so ironical for this person to call me and say this. And I was saying, okay, Lord, in the little time that we have, because we're not going to have a long service today, um, what do you want me to say? And when they called me, it was confirmation. He said, tell the people, don't lose focus. Because in 2022, this is how the enemy is going to take most of my people off focus because of how family treat them. They're going to run, try to run after family more than they run. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. 
Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. After me. Because they want to be accepted. They want to be not only accepted, they want to be loved. But don't they know I love them? I love them. And because I love them, through my love, I can touch the heart of their family and allow them to love them. But first they have to what? Love me. He want us to love him at all costs. Meaning that we have to do everything unto him. We have to do everything according to his will. We must make sure that we surrender all. We must make sure that we come into a self-denial, denying ourselves. Not denying things, because you know, sometimes we can deny things, okay? We deny money, we deny, yes, we're going to deny those things. But when you deny yourself, that means that you're not looking on how you feel or what you think. But what do God, what is God saying? How is God telling me to do what I'm trying to do? Everything needs to go through God, not people. Because going through people is going to make you miss God. Because sometimes we go and we ask our mother. Or we go and ask our fathers, our wives, our husbands. Now I'm not telling us to get out of the will of communicating with one another. But when you have a spirit-led husband and a spirit-led wife, they're already as one. So they will be able to know the voice of God. They will be able to, when you come and ask them, honey, do you think we should go this way? God has already probably just spoken to them. So they're just waiting for you to confirm. Or sometimes God may not have yet spoken to them. But the God that's in you must believe to know that when they come to you, okay, I know my wife is God-led. I know my husband is God-led. So I'm going to trust what he is saying. And I'm just going to follow her. I'm going to follow him. You know, like Joseph, come on, when Mary, when she got impregnated, come on, he know it wasn't him. But at the end of the day, what did the angel tell him? He, he couldn't worry about what they was going to do to him. He couldn't worry about, you know, what they was going to say because what what's they going to say? She committed what adultery because if he did not lay with her, who did? So he said, you know what, because they are man, because they have these type of thoughts, take her. And leave because you would never win. They would never hear you. They would never listen to what you got to say because it's all about the spirit. And because they're not in the spirit, they won't understand. So the reason why people can't hear you guys is because they're not in the spirit. So the thing is, you have to just continue to do what God is saying. And that means with radical faith. So people going to think that you're crazy. People going to think like, why is they doing this? Why is they saying this? This don't even make sense. How they going to do this? I just heard them saying what they going through. See, people always want to use what you tell them. So that's why we got to be careful even in 2022 what we tell people. Because guess what? When it says they're pulling down what every vain imagination. Because even though we think that people are for us. 
It's not personal, but when you begin to tell people, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, in the back of their mind, because their faith is not as great as your faith, they begin to say, well, they just told me last week that their money was funny. How they going to do this? Right there is already a seed of doubt, a seed of unbelief. So that means it's not that they don't like you. It's not that they don't want good for you, but they're thinking about what you told them about your finances. So their faith is not where your faith is. So instantly they're going to be like, well, I don't think how they going to do that. So now they begin to speak it into the atmosphere. So even though they're sitting with you, and then even though y'all both are sitting there, and every time they come over, you keep giving them an ounce of information. Now we're going to do it like this. Now we're going to do it like that. And in their mind, they're thinking like, I don't know how they're going to do that. So y'all are fighting in the spirit and don't even know it. Because their doubt and unbelief is in the atmosphere while your faith is going forth. But at the end of the day, it would not work. So that's why we got to make sure that even in 2022, when God tells us to do something, we have to do it. We were just talking how people are not waking up the next day. The same people that are vibrant, the same people that are strong, the same people are full of life. Some of them are not crossing over to the next day. We don't want to not cross over in the next day and not have fulfilled what God has told us to do. So we have to walk out. We have to not only walk and work out our own soul salvation, but we must work and walk after things that God is calling us to do. So sometimes it's not easy. You know, since the pandemic, everybody has begun to close themselves in. People don't come to church anymore, in the building anymore. People can turn from social media, from this place to this place. And now they're not even in the Word. They're not even studying the Word. They're going off what they see on social media. They're going off what they hear. But they're not studying because everything is so convenient to them. They pick up their iPad, their um, phone. They see everything. They hear everything. But they have no relationship. Because they can't go to the word of God themselves and read and study so that the spirit of God can download in them. And God is saying in this season, you can't listen to everybody because everybody don't have my spirit. They're coming in woods clothing. Come on now, sheep, they look like sheep, but they're really woods in sheep clothing. So you got to be able to hear them by the spirit. Meaning that because they're going to even be ones that's going to come, that's going to quote my word. It's going to sound like the word of God. But don't you know they are not of me. Look at their love. Look at their spirit. Look at their heart. Look at their servanthood. Look at their faithfulness. Those are the ones that's of me. They're not coming to expect anything. They don't want anything. They're not asking for anything. All they want is to win sinners. That's it. So 2022, let's not go out there and put billboards out there with our face and our name on it. It's not about sword. It's not about unlimited grace. But put on your window, souls, sinners want it. Just like they say, work, jobs want it. Work want it. You see signs in the yard. Have you ever saw in any yard, any street, anywhere you walk, any billboards, sinners want it? Have you ever saw anything like that? And let me tell you, when you start doing it, people going to start judging you. They're going to say, oh, she's sinning. Oh, he's sinning. Let me tell you, we all sin and fall short of the glory. And now anybody that say they don't sin is a lie. Because we sin even with just our thought. Who do she think she is? Who do he think he is? How they think they're going to do that? That's sin. Because right now, we are what? Envying. We are what? Then envy turns into what? Jealousy. Jealousy turns into what? Hatred. Wrath. And then even Death, not coming 
be killing you with a gun, but killing them with your with their mouth. So at the end of the day, people gonna always talk. At the end of the day, people gonna always say something. One of the things that I've learned, I've been delivered from man's opinion. I don't care what man say. Now, I'm not talking saying this in arrogance. I'm saying this in confidence and boldness. Because if I worry about what man say, I will miss God. Because man will always try to put you in a box. That is called perception. They will always perceive you on what they want you to be. Where they want you to go. What they think you should look like. But guess what? We are outside of that box of perception. We in Jesus' box. Anything goes. We in Jesus' box. We kick out of that box. Because see, at the end of the day, it may just be you walking into a room that saves somebody. You may not even have to let them know you saved. But because of the authority and the light that shines from you when you walk in, hell no, they, the devils, they scare. When you walk in the door, they have to submit themselves underneath you. And then guess what? That person can be freed and released. So we cannot be afraid and walking in territories that God have called us in. But there is order. There is still protocol. We do everything according to the will of God. We do everything according to his will. See, one thing I've learned in life is that you're going to go through some hell. You're going to go through the wilderness test. You're going to go through abandonment test, isolation test. You're going to go through all these type of tests, patience tests. And God is trying to test you because he wants to see are you going to be able to be able to be steadfast, unmovable, meaning that you won't break? Because people will leave you. The same people that you've helped, the same people that you're giving your all to, they will leave you. Not sometimes physically leave you, but they will not support your vision. They will not support what God has said. They would even say, is that God? But you got to know that you know that it's God. And even when they don't walk with you, it's okay. It's part of the test. Because guess what? There is a cause. You have to walk alone. It says, and whoever does not bear his cross. It didn't say their cross. It didn't say your wife cross. Both of the cross. Two or three. His meaning you. You got to bear your cross. And he turned. Excuse me. Bearing your cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So who crosses you bear? I leave with you on today. Who cross are you bearing? You have to bear your cross. You have to walk. It's not easy. When you have children and you know the call that's on their life. It's not easy. And even though you have raised them. You have raised them the right way. See, a lot of times people always. Here go judgment male people. Here go condemning people. Oh, maybe their mother didn't raise them the right way. Their father didn't raise them the right way. Maybe she was living in any kind of way. He was living in any kind of way. That's why the children like that. Let me help somebody. 
Right now, when you look at it, almost 75% of children that are even walking out of their calling is mainly those of those that's been in ministry. Now, that don't say that their parents was bad or they did something wrong, which we all fall short of the glory. We have all made mistakes in ministry. None of us is perfect. None of us. But we train them up. Because, see, the enemy knows that it's a distraction. He knows that if we do not, that would lose, make us lose our focus. And then guess what? We don't want to talk about it in the church. Because we don't want the congregation to look at us as bad pastors. Because our children is not doing right. But don't you know, you will be helping the church? Because there are a lot of people in the church who is going through that same thing. But because we have to look a certain way. We don't even come to the altar no more as leaders. Oh, they may be sinning while they're at the altar. Because we need grace too. Because there's things that's coming up against us that you don't see. And if a leader can't go to the altar for prayer, something is wrong. But because of this perception and because of this box people have put us in, we can't be free. We can't be who we need to be for the people because we have to hide behind this facade. We have to hide behind this perfection. We have to hide behind we so perfect. No, it's okay because when we come out and be naked and come out and just be who God created us to be, then there may be somebody in the congregation that can help us. God just used us to lead you. But there may be somebody in the congregation that God has given enough wisdom to to be able to help us that we can make confide in. Because you can't confide in everybody. Even as leaders, it's so sad because leaders want to pour down leaders. You can't even confide into leaders. But the Bible says what to confess your sins to one another. It didn't say just confess your sins to a psychiatrist or a counselor. Did it say a spiritual? Did it say anything about a, a spiritual Christian counselor? It says to what one another. So if I, but how could you? Because when you confess it, but guess what? Some of us have so much sin, we, we, we think that it's all good. But if you go look in their closet, Jesus, their heart is hard. That's sin. They got bitterness. That's sin. See, they're talking about fornication, adultery. I know that's sin. But bitterness is sin. Jealousy is sin. Envy, sin. Come on. Gossip, sin. Sword discord, sin. Be happy for me. I'm happy for you. Support me. Support me. I'm supporting. Don't support me just because I supported you. Support me because you see the God in me. This ain't easy. But when God has told you to do something, you have to do it. You have to do what God called you to do. But we get so caught up in the brick and the mortar. We get so caught up in the building. Oh, we need to be. No, they're out there. They're not coming in the building. You got to get out there and let the light shine out of you. And then guess what? They will come. He said, I will draw what all men are to me. 
But how will he draw them if we don't go? We want to sit here and just wait on them? No. You have to go. They will come. But there is a need. The need has to be met. It's hard to preach to somebody when they're hungry. It's hard to preach to somebody when they're going through. You show them that love by giving. You show them that love by helping. And then eventually they come. They may not show up on a Sunday morning. They may show up on a Monday morning. That may be their Sunday morning. Where in the Bible it says church is Sunday? Where? Church is seven days a week. We are the church. It's just for formality that we have service on Saturdays. Some because Sabbath or whatever. Some are Saturday. I mean, it's Sunday. But church is Monday. Church is Tuesday. Church is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Whenever they want to come, you have to be available. It's not easy. So the, the majority of people that will come will come during the week. But some may not come on Sunday. They was told they got to come on Sunday. They were told that they got to come on Saturday. But at the end of the day, but God, he wants us to be available at all times. Amen. It's not easy. God want to make sure that you're not just up here for the show. He want to make sure you're not just up here for the, just to be in front of the people. But you still preach when there's one. But you still preach with power and demonstration when there's only one. Would you still preach with power and demonstration when there's none? It's a test. So don't look at the quality when he's calling you to come forth. But do it in quality. It's quality versus quantity. Because when you do it in quality, excellence, he will bring quantity. Because now he will know that he can trust you. You know, his souls right now is so precious to him because there have been so many people wounded. Oh, my God. So he's very careful on his souls, how he released them. You know, he doing cell blocks. Cell blocks are like in the house, house to house. In the Bible, they went house to house. Priscilla, and come on. You know, it wasn't, yes, they had, but it was house to house. It was house to house. House to house. House to house. This is a house. I said, God, I don't want this to be our traditional religion, churchy. I want this to be homely. So they can feel at home. At home. When they come in, they need to feel the spirit. They can feel like, oh, if I don't say nothing, I can just sit back. I can just take off my shoes, just sit down. And it's just homely. And everybody that come in, when they come in, God knows they stand right there. They stand, Before they enter in, God, he, when he, and I asked God, I said, what? I mean, literally everybody, even you guys, when y'all came in first, y'all stood there. Like, okay. And then they and then they came. But I, I believe that it was such a presence to them that God showed me it was like a place of refuge. A place of refuge where they could just come and be there. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile Service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at Select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. 
Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. I've been in a traditional religion, all of that. God took me universal. He took me through all the word, prophetic, to let me see. But he created me to be who he created me to be. He said, let the people be free. People need to be free. People need to be free. He said, you won't be just in one place. He said, because you're a deliverer. When you begin to speak, people will be begin to be delivered. So don't get just caught up behind here. So the original reason to, 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 to do this place was a place, this is a place of refuge. Where people can come and not just get fooled, but they can come for counseling, they can come for a word, they can come and just be down. So it's like a revolving door in and out. Equipping. Giving them what they need in out, but they come back to get refilled, refilled. So God is, I'm just thankful that he chose me. I'm thankful that he keeps choosing me to do different things. I, I thank him because he keeps me strong. He gives me strength. It's not easy. Y'all look up here and probably, this, me just being here on today, it's not easy. I have to encourage myself every day. But you know what gives me joy? You know what gets me up? You know what makes me say, you know what, let me do it again? Is that when I see the smile on the people's face, when they call me and say, I need food, when they call me and say, I need your help, that's what gives me. That's what, that's what makes me go. When I don't have people to call me for help or to, you know, it's like, no, because I need to be helping God's people. And even if I don't have nothing tangible, I got to work. Because I got his work. Even if I have nothing of commodity, I got something that I give them off my back. I'm just saying. Because I'm content. I'm content. I'm content. If I got to come and lay and stay in this church and let this church be my home, oh, because every day when I'm going to the shop and go to the store, I can't wait to just come. Okay, I got it. No matter what, whatever time I leave the shop, I got to come here. It's just something about me coming here. It gives me something to keep going. It gives me something to look forward to. So I can come and make my bed here and be okay. Because God has given me the ability to have a spirit of contentment, to be content in all things. I've had it all. And it was it did not bring me nothing. It did not bring me joy. It did not bring me peace. I had it all. I had it all. I had it all. I had it all. But this, even though it brings me tears, even though my heart sometimes be hurt, but it brings me joy. It brings me joy. So I leave with y'all on today. The cost of our bloodline is the price of Christ. Sometimes we have to leave everything and everybody to follow Christ. And it's okay. Because as we continue to pray 
and trust God. And we know what he told us about our loved ones. And he, we know what he told us about those that we have ministered to. And we just keep on staying on the prayer floor. Eventually, if they listen. Now, you hear me? If they listen, because they have a choice now. God will save them. But if they don't, you have to keep it moving. Still love them. But then it's going to come a time you're going to say what? Come from among them. But it don't stop your love. That's the key. Your love still, and that means that if they come and need your help, you still got to help them, but that don't mean you got to be among them. So I pray that this word have touched your heart. And I thank everybody for coming. And we just thank God. And we're not going to have our evening service. We're going to break it up now because we're going to go and celebrate um, a great woman of God. I thank God for her life. Um, I, I um, Again, like I said, I remember um, a time. I remember um, the prophet when I had got um, ordained um, as an apostle. Um, maybe eight months after that, I remember going to a, a revival and I remember um, had just came out of the storm and I remember the prophet called me up and said, woman of God, you're a great woman of God, but I got to tell you, you're about to go back into the cleft of the rock. And you know, if you know what the cleft of the rock is, I said to myself, like, I know it's a hiding place, but it also was a place of process. I just came out of the fire. I just came out of the lion's den. It was no way I felt that I could stand going back into the fire. But I didn't know that it was going to be part of my making. And when he told me that, I wanted another prophecy. I wanted something glorious, you know. But that one. And when he said that, I tell you, I thank God for covering grace. Because God covered me during that time. And I remember at that particular time, I lost everything. Not because I sinned. I was walking right with God. It wasn't because I was sinned. It was because of the cost. It was because of the cost. Everything. My vehicle. Me and my son had to go live with one of my friends. And my friend called me up and said, I want you to go to this revival with me. And I said, okay. So she took me, and they had just came out of a 30-day fast. So when I came to this place, all you could see is like when Moses was on Mount Sinai. Remember when he unveiled himself, and it was just the glory. The woman of God, she has such a glory. And when I came in, she received me. Now, you know, most of the time when you go into people's houses, even though you say you're an apostle, you're a pastor, no matter what, you know, they have a lot of wisdom. They don't just bring you before their people. They don't just bring you on the pulpit because, you know, you have to be careful nowadays. You can't just bring people just because who they say they are. But she knew my spirit. And they were doing a revival and she gave me an opportunity to speak to the people. And, and, and see, this was a time that I've come out. And it was a time that because when I was called, most people 
began to question my call because they felt like, wait a minute, how do she come from pastor evangelist and now she's an apostle? And so there was questions in Cincinnati saying she's not this, she's not that. Because I was just a dancer, a praise dancer, a worship leader. I was just um, an intercessor. I was I was walking in my evangel uh, I was walking in my evangelistic anointing as an evangelist, as as a minister, as an intercessor, as a praise dancer, as a worshiper. You know, that's all I was. I didn't. I wasn't in sem seminary school. I, I wasn't among those that were sitting on the pulpit because I remember coming out of another ministry. And when they called the ministers too, they say, "No, we want you to sit on the pulpit." But at that time, I said, "No, no, no, no. I can't sit up there because see, I didn't feel like I was worthy because I was just starting." So I said, please let me just sit down here. Because I didn't feel, because when I looked at them, I thought they were so holy. Because they've been in ministry for 50 years and 40 years and me just starting in the eight years that I was in. No, I'm not like them. No, I'm not. I can't know. But then I began to pray and say, God, open up my eyes. When he began to open up my eyes, oh my God, the things that I began to see on the pulpit, it was like Ezekiel in the chapter 8. When he said the writings on the wall and the things that they were, they were doing in the front and the back. And God said, now you say you're not worthy. We all fall short of my glory. And then when he said, no, I need you to go pastor my people. Doctor, let me tell you, you know what I said? I said, God, I'm not pastor your people. I haven't been to seminary school. I, I, I didn't get no church building, but I had a little building. I had a little building on North Crescent, 230 North Crescent Boulevard. That was my building. I had two offices, one for the nonprofit and one for the ministry that I was doing the other little ministry counseling out of. But it was just a little box. So I'm not a pastor. I don't have a big building. I don't have people. But the people that I was counseling, I was pastoring, not even knowing. So when he told me to go pastor, guess what I did? I went back. To the other ministry that I came from and went back into the worship and dance ministry hid. So nobody knew the anointing that was on my life because I was just a worshiper. I was just a dancer. Matter of fact, they gave me my own ministry. My own ministry was the floor ministry. Why? Because I was always on the floor. Because I was always under the glory. Every time I would worship, the glory would hit me. So I didn't know how to stand up in his glory. Because God was doing a deliverance in me. He was doing something great in me. And then one day, the Lord told me, about nine months after that, I need you to go. I need you to go help this. See, I didn't know what I was already called to be because God was already using me setting up ministries, setting up nonprofits, setting up churches. But I was just a lay member. But he had already put the gift of the anointing of the apostleship on me. Matter of fact, didn't even know I was walking in it. And then one day, when the Lord told me, he said to me, he said, this is the day you must leave. I had nowhere to go. Matter of fact, again, I was back in the cleft. That's the time I was in the cleft, so I didn't have no car. So guess what? My friend would come get me, take me to church. So even though I was in the intercessor ministry, I was ordained as an evangelist. I was also an intercessor. I was also a, a minister of dance. Then, guess what? 
the Lord had me come to their gatekeeper ministry. Now, I've always ushered, always helped. But because by force I had to go, because that was my ride, God said, I need to teach you how to stand up in anointing. When you are a gatekeeper or an usher, you have to be discerning. You have to have your eyes open because it is the first touch ministry. When people come through the door, it determines either they leave or they stay. That's why it's very important who you have at the door ushering. Because it can determine if that person leave or stay. Guess what? That's why it was called the first touch ministry. Because it was the first touch. Because it may not have been the preach word. It could have been your love at the door. It could have been a song. It could have been the dance. It could have been just a touch. So God let me stay there for another seven months. And then the day he said to leave. And when I left, the next day. Almost $14,000 was in my account. And I bought an SUV. And then I went to a ministry that had just came to Cincinnati. And the Lord said, help them. They built a school. They had the ministry. So I was going in up under the other lady as a pastor in her ministry. She was getting ordained as an apostle. So I was helping out with the ordinations. And so I would come to the ordinations, helping them. And one day, three days before the ordination, as we were preparing, the woman of God said, stop. I got to obey this God. I got to obey God. Now, this is a woman that God sent all the way from Texas. She said, I got to obey God. She said, woman of God, you come here. She said, I can't ordain you as no pastor. She said, the Lord told me to ordain you as an apostle. And then she went to the woman that I was going up under. The woman said, that's what God said. Because she was a prophet. I fell out in the spirit for almost 30 minutes. So when the call came, oh my God. You're talking about shoes that were so big? You're talking about a city that was just the words that came against me. to walk according to what God said. And God had blessed me. And a woman of God that when I went into this church she received me. And she affirmed me. And we went back into another 30 day of fasting and prayer. We didn't leave that church. We stayed another 30 days. And that's when she became my apostle. And, and, and God told me, and the man of God came in, Apostle Dr. Hunt, and God had already confirmed to me, he said, you will sit at her feet like Ruth and just absorb the wisdom and just absorb and just be a help to her. And the woman of God have always just been encouraging to me. And I thank God for her life. And, she, and I remember coming out of that fast she took me, she brought me in front of her church. 
her congregation that people been with her for over 40 years. And she brought me and my children in front of that church. And she said to the church, this is Apostle Robin. And we're going to receive her as an apostle here. She is part of our family. And I tell you, I tell you, when, you, when, when God brings people in your life, you just have to honor them. And it was like an Elisha-Elijah relationship. She poured into me, I received. And the day that it was time for me to leave, to go into the ministry that God had called me, and, and maybe eight, seven months down the line, that's when I met Pastor. Because I went from one, I went to one African ministry. And then that's when my gifting of prophetic, the healing, the prayer mantle, and all that began to manifest. And then I met Pastor. And I tell you, she, when, when, when I went to her, she said, I know it's time. And she prophesied. Greatest prophet you will ever meet. And everything the lady prophesied to me, Apostle Leo Cole, it come to pass. So today we're going to honor her. Because out of, what, 60 years of ministry, she's saying her farewell. So that's why we're leaving. So I just wanted to honor her before millions. To say that she is one of the greatest apostles. Even though she would say she's the least of them all because of her humility. But I thank God for her. I thank God for her because she has helped a lot of people through the ministry that God has given her. Amen. So we thank God for Apostle Vera Cole. And what may God continue to bless her and just continue to let her do great things. Because even though it's a farewell She's still going to be doing ministry with the end because that's just who she is. Amen? Amen. Amen. So glory to God. We welcome you. We thank you all for coming. And we thank everybody that have joined us. And we're going to go ahead and close it out. And we thank those that, um, that wants to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior wherever you are. All you have to do is accept him in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, wherever you are, just ask them to forgive you of your sins, forgive you. And then you just forgive those that have done whatever they've done to you. And God, he will receive you. I mean, you know, I know you may not be in the church building right now, but wherever you may, under the sound of my voice, he can save you wherever you are. And guess what? If you open up your mouth wide, he can even release unto you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be released unto you. And then he will even bring divine help, divine helpers, those that will come to help cultivate. But God will also open up your understanding in the word of God as you begin to open up the word and begin to study his word. He will give you revelation. The Holy Spirit will begin to teach you all things. But he will also bring those divine helpers to even help you and cultivate you along the way. So we thank God that you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now you have been accepted in the kingdom kingdom of God and walk in your kingdomship and we thank God for your life in Jesus name. So we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor in Jesus name. Amen. You have anything you want to say? Amen. Glory to God. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. 
Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.